The Tablet Show, Episode 77, with guest Ben Gracewood. Recorded live Thursday, March 14th, 2013. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Ben Gracewood about building Windows 8 and Windows Phone 8 applications. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at telerik.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very much, and welcome back to The Tablet Show. It's Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is the, the flavor of .NET Rocks that's all about mobile development. Indeed. How are you, sir? I'm well. You know, I just finished reading a piece on uh, CNET saying, should you ever buy a laptop again? And then the whole concept now is that tablets are taking over and that, you know, I'm thinking specifically like that Acer 510 I've got. Yeah. Which is a Slate tablet running uh, Intel Atom. So it runs full Win 8. Uh, but it's this more like a, an iPad in size and shape. It's thinner and lighter than a, even in a Surface RT. But I tell you what. For those people who are using laptops, the touch laptops, the Windows 8, those are the, that's it, man. That's what it's all about. I just like the idea of having a detachable keyboard, right? Because yep. once you can get it into a slate form factor, then you can use it on a plane to watch a video without having the keyboard there at all. Yep. And then once, if everything's in the key, in the slate piece, then when you plug it into the keyboard, keyboard's a huge battery. I've run that W510 for 12 hours and not run out of power. That's crazy. It's interesting. On the other hand, I'll counter my own argument. My Asus UX31, my Ultrabook, mm. makes me smile. Yeah. It's just so shiny and it <laughs> feels good. It's, you know, the aluminum chassis. It's awfully good. Yeah. It has a, the sharpest edges in the world. You can, you actually opened a box with it. With your encouragement. I'm like, this breaks my machine. I'm going to blame you. And then I cut a box open with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Better know framework. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What I got is devintersection.com. Ah. Now, I know that, you know, this is shameless self-promotion, but it's really in your best interest, dear listener, because uh, I'm doing a pre-con at Dev Intersection this April, you know, coming right up here, April 8th, for uh, Windows 8 development in a day. And we're talking everything from the, uh, I'm going to start with a code behind, convert that on the fly to an MVVM model. So if you're not familiar with that, you're going to learn all about MVVM. We're going to do, you know, uh, all the charms, the search charm, the sharing, the uh, and even the live tiles. Nice. So it's going to be so much fun. You want to check that out at devintersection.com. By the way, they're going to have a nostalgia room there. I think Infragistics is sponsoring this room where they're going to get all these old computers like TRS-80s and uh, Apple IIs and Commodore 64s and running old software that you'll be able to actually sit down and use. It'll be a riot. And of course, we're going to close the conference the way we always do with 64-bit question. We just have a lot of fun there. Indeed. And I hope you'll come out. It's at devintersection.com, April 8th to the 12th at the MGM Grand. All your old friends will be there. So, Richard, who's talking to us? I grabbed a comment off of show 72, and that's the one we did with Rocky Latka talking about uh, WinRT app deployment for enterprises, the challenges of sideloading and so forth, the licensing issues and so on. Right. And I got to tell you, the comments were pretty critical 
Uh, and Matthew Cuda is one of them. He says, uh, I always enjoyed Rocky's calm, focused, and intelligent conversations on the show. I do want to somewhat echo Chris, referencing another uh, comment here from Chris Erickson, as far as Microsoft losing touch. Although I don't think that Microsoft has completely lost touch, I think Rocky does bring up some very interesting shortcomings in Win 8, particularly the method of deploying within the enterprise. Microsoft concentrated so hard on making an OS that was end-user friendly that I think they forgot to ask developers and product managers what they needed. I'm sure it will mature and only get better, but Microsoft is in a clutch situation, and I believe they choked a bit. Meanwhile, Android is getting stronger and stronger, and Apple is moving steadily to the enterprise every day. We now have three iOS apps running in our business, and our end users love them. Heck, even I love them. Hmm. The bottom line is that if the developers can write applications quickly, which the users love, then the platform becomes less significant. We ask the question here at our business, but we have always been Windows developers. How can we move to Apple? The answer in the end was simple. Apple had a fast, fully featured, tested and proven mobile solution that everyone from the CEO down to the guy loading the trucks in the warehouse is familiar with. It was not how, it was when. Yeah. I have always been a Windows developer from VB6 until the present, but Apple has won the mobile battle here for now. Personally, I actually like writing for iOS and working with Monotouch, and now Xamarin iOS has made the transition easier. Yeah, especially for Visual Studio developers. No kidding. I mean, the latest stuff from Xamarin. I mean, I can't argue with you, Matthew. You're exactly right. The timing here is going to be very challenging. I'm really interested in some of the stuff that Samsung's been doing lately with their making high security versions of Android devices that aim squarely at the enterprise. So uh, it's happening. And uh, hopefully Microsoft gets off the dime. I'm thinking this next service pack, whether it's blue or not, I don't know what they're going to call it. Is probably going to be the one that's going to help the enterprise out because it does seem like this problem's been going on for a while, long enough that they have a solution to it. But in the meantime, uh, you know, we've got to take care of our businesses and we got to do what we got to do to to supply the services they want. And if that means building a different platform, well, by golly, we're going to do it. So uh, I yep. completely appreciate your position. Can't argue with it a bit. And uh, thank you so much for your comment. So a tablet show mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a tablet show mug, just write a comment on the website at thetabletshow.com. You know, there was a really kind of jarring conversation going on behind the scenes with our friends this week. Um, some people just talking to users of, you know, laptops and tablets and phones and stuff don't see any difference between a website and an app. They don't see any difference. They don't think about it, right? They don't think about it. It's just a button you click to run something. Whether it's a website or it's an app means nothing to them. Yeah, it's really an interesting uh, point that we're so focused on this. Right. We're developers. We're very sensitive to, you know, was that phone gapped or was that, you know, uh, app mobied or is it native? You know, I think we care about that. The question is, do the mortals even know? They don't care. A lot of them can't see it. Yeah, they don't even care to differentiate. But there is that idea of the uncanny valley that every so often you do something a little odd because you are working in a different platform and it makes the user uncomfortable. Whether or not they can articulate or not is another question. Entirely. Yeah, that but damn web has been a real pain, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. They, people just put up with it. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, they're used to the variations in UI and so forth. I think, you know, one of the points you can address there is do people really care that iPhone apps look like iPhone apps yeah. and Android apps look like Android and so on? Yeah, do they know. really care about that or they just want to do what they want to do? That's a good point. Hey, let's introduce Ben Gracewood. Ben is a recovering manager, now developer and practice lead at Marker Metro, the world's first, best, and only 100% dedicated Windows apps agency. 
Based in Auckland, New Zealand, Ben spends 80% of his time coding for Windows 8 and Windows Phone, and the other 20% herding cats and shaving yaks. Hey, <laughs> hey Ben, how are you? Good, how are you guys? There's another joke there that's specifically New Zealand, but I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking oh about. Sheep? The sheep. <laughs> it's all about the sheep, man. I'm sorry, that was bad. Oh, yeah, we like our sheep. You And you're outnumbered, buddy. There's two Kiwis on the line here. <laughs> Still funny. Just saying. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, How are you, Ben? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. Things are, things are going well. How are you guys? Yeah, just doing fine, yeah. Well, uh, you know, before we get into um, your prolific app uh, habit here, Let's talk a little bit about um, what, what are your thoughts about this, you know, the, the users not differentiating between apps and websites? Yeah, I thought it was an interesting points you're making. I mean, I, I blame um, Outlook Web Access. That's where this all started. <laughs> and it's been, a, it's been a long, slippery slope since then. That was one of the first spa apps. Yeah, absolutely. When I when I was you know an enterprise coder and you know wrote apps for for big companies, you know we'd, we'd write websites and they'd say why why can't it do what Outlook Web Access does? You know why why can't it be all online and you know all live and and um you know feel like a desktop app? And that you know that was when you know the, the early days of AJAX and dynamic HTML and and ever since then you know the, the web has just been getting better and better at at pretending to to be an app. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> I still think there's a place for um for the, the native apps, and I, and I think that, that that's important to to keep them going. But I, I agree with you that if it does what the users um want it to do and does it well, then they don't they don't really care. Yeah, I have a um an anecdote. I've had a, a long and bizarre career. You know, I was an IT manager for a while doing um. Ah, doing all sorts of you know computer installs and this sort of stuff. We 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 agonized for months when we were buying a new um, PABX, you know, new phone system for the office. You know, for about fifty people, yeah. we agonized. We looked at the features. We looked at you know what which ones had VoIP and which ones didn't. And we we sort of you know it was a sort of fifty thousand dollar purchase. We eventually got down to two, and we we eventually you know decided to buy one. And and one of the options when we bought this whole PABX with the, the phones on the, the desks was whether the phones were white or black. Um, and that was the decision that the users and the management agonized over the most. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the color of the phone. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I live in a house with five women, you know? It's like when I say, you know, what kind of laptop do you want? They say a pink one. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. And you know, this, this is this conversation I just had with a bunch of guys that are building uh, an app festival thing. I said, we were talking about the customers. I can't tell you how many times I said, you are not your customer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, we worry about funny things. Yeah. And I mean, that, that in terms of what we do and, and the way we do things, and I think the way we've been pretty successful with building apps is, is yeah, that, that stuff's all secondary. We, we have some lovely frameworks and, and we, you know, we, we like to think we, we code pretty well, but, but we're design led, you know, we've got, we've got three developers and two designers, um, yeah. you know, so the, the ratio is pretty heavy, pretty heavy in, in, in favor of design and the feedback we've been getting in terms of, um, you know, usability and, and the apps being, being fun and easy to use and nice to use has, has been really fantastic. And so that's, that's just sort of reinforced for us that, um, we don't just, you know, you can't just slap apps together. You can't just, um, you know, you, 
put it, put something on top of a database and pretend it works. You really mm. have to think hard about about what the use cases are, who's going to be using it, how they use it, um, right. you know, what what they actually want to get done in their day. And we uh, interestingly had some really interesting successes. Um, you know, you're talking about the iOS, uh, the comment from the guy developing um, switching to iOS and saying, you know, they enjoy it and the users enjoy it. The funny thing is, right right now, when we show someone um, a Windows 8 app that is designed well to replace an iOS app, it's almost like um, you know Win 3.1 versus versus um, you know versus Windows 7. The iOS apps are starting to look really, really dated. <laughs> so it's oh, really yeah. an interesting phenomenon. Now, is your team all local to New Zealand, or do you have people all over the world? Uh, we are all local at the moment. Um, we we have offices around the world, and we are um, we're looking to expand. So that's an interesting interesting thing. We're, we're actually heading up to LA and San Francisco uh, next week to to meet our clients. Are you guys thirsty? As in, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm missing are, something. Are you thirsty? Uh, uh, I heard there's a drought at uh, in New Zealand. Oh yes. Yes, yes, we are. We are. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's, all, it's all a bit dry. <laughs> right. Including the humor. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's good. Where, where is it dry? Is it South Island? No, um, uh, North Island, top of the North Island, and um, uh, Waikato is all um, declared drought, uh, all, a bit, all a bit brown. You know, in Auckland, we're fine. We've got, we got um, water, water out of the taps, no problem at all. We've got lots of rivers, but, um, but the farmers are complaining. Hmm. Yeah, and and it's I mean it's basically tropical there. Like the, the idea they have no rain is just weird and devastating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been quite quite interesting for Auckland. You know, we, we usually have um you know several days of rain throughout the summer. We had none. It's crazy. Mm. All right, so so you guys are all Microsoft platforms. No Android, no iOS, right? No, absolutely. That, that's our that's our differentiator. I think there's a lot of companies around the world who are building apps for Windows and um, Windows Phone, but uh, that's we have um, staked our lives on it. We basically say we don't do anything else. We don't touch iOS. We don't touch Android. We just build Windows Eight and Windows Phone apps. That's all we do. And how much of your, what percentage of your projects, I guess, are desktop versus you know mobile? It's it's about fifty fifty. Wow. Um, so you know it, it, everything we build for. You know, Windows 8 is, is either desktop or tablet. Um, but yeah, we've been building a lot of a lot of Windows phone apps, um, a lot of kind of um, uh, you know local fillers in the marketplace. All the you know the banking apps, the, the you know the local newspaper apps, um, you know local website website apps, that sort of stuff. Um, we have you know we've got really good relationships with Nokia and um, and Microsoft, so we're doing um, some apps for the. You know, sort of really tier one apps as well. It's good fun. And I got to think that the one advantage of being all Metro, I guess we're still allowed to use that term. In fact, the company's called Marker Metro, yeah. so I guess we can use it that way. <laughs> yeah. Is this UI metaphor? Is that the, this is, you know, you, you see consistently that the UI is different when you're working in Metro and trying to switch between building for iOS and building for, for Metro would be really tough. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and that lets us, um, you know, quite a quite a lot of the work we do is is porting, um, you know, so there'll be a, a bank that has an app for iOS and Android, and they'll want us to build the the Windows Phone app, um, and so you know we we do want to have the same functionality or slightly better functionality than those other things, and we but we then have to use those apps as a um, you know, as a guideline as as to what we're building. So it's really interesting, quite often, to take those apps apart. And say, how are these going to look in a metro world? Um, sure. Mm. And, you know, yeah. So do you really use them as like a feature list? 
Yeah, that's a feature list, um, and you know, because you know, quite often we'll even strip apart the, the the IA, the information architecture, the way the app flows yeah, will be different on on uh, Windows Eight or Windows Phone. So it's quite quite fun to sort of break down the app and say, well, this is what it does, but how are we going to do this in the in Metro Land? Um, and you know, we get a we get a some fight back usually, you know, from the client and from their from their brand because um, you know we're trying to do things like yeah, <laughs> it's funny where where they'll happily use the system fonts in iOS, they'll complain about the Sego font in, in Windows Eight That's and Windows funny. Phone. So we have to. Yeah, we have to kind of fight the good fight, you know, <laughs> and, um, and say no, no. This this is how this is how Windows users expect things to happen. This is how Windows phone users expect things to happen. Yeah. Especially when we do things like panoramas, panoramas and hubs, and they're saying, you know, why is why is that word cut off the screen? Why isn't it all on the screen? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we have to, you know, we have to sort of take them through that. And I think maybe you know some of that's um the fault, you know, a problem with uptake. You know, as soon as we see Windows Phone getting more uptake, which is it's going well, but when um, we see more of them out there, I think people understand it a bit better. Yeah, they're not going to be a surprise by the metaphor. And is that sort of I when I think of iOS apps, I think of sort of vertical scrolling. It scrolls down, mm. and and WinPhone eight apps are horizontal scrolling. And Windows eight, yeah, yeah, vertical scrolling and, and tab tab groups and um you know tab groups and modals all over the place. And mm-hmm. you know we tend to try and replace those with you know with with we got pivots and panoramas. You know, mm-hmm. like you say right hand, you know sideways scrolling. And, um, yeah, trying to really bring the, the content to the fore. And that, that's what we saw with, um, with Windows 8. Um, you know, when we took some, you know, you get a line of business app and, and, um, on an iPad and it's just, you know, it's, it's lines and lines and lines of, of, of text with a few buttons around the edges. Right. And when we sort of redo that in a Windows 8 land, um, the, the content really pops and it's quite, quite amazing how, um, how straightforward it is to build a really fantastic app where you say, look, what, what is it you want to do first? And then we put those things on the hub and the, you know, the client's generally stunned because in iOS land, you have to dig, you know, you, you get your sort of landing page and you have to dig down um, to find the things you want to do. iOS apps really are very Windows 3.1, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's quite, I mean, you know, the, 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 you know, the UI hasn't changed in, in five years, so it's starting to feel really dated. Yeah. And you know, the, you were talking about the, the why does that word cut off there? But the, it's such a simple, powerful psychological cue that there's more stuff to the right. You know, you just got to s- go find it. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, we, we we're really playing with things like um, you know, the semantic zoom paradigm. We've got we built a really nice control um, for appointment booking where you have a, a timeline along the bottom, which is you know hours, so you can easily see your full day and drag mm-hmm. appointments into it. But if you if you do a pinch gesture on that timeline, it, it zooms out to days, and you can then just spin back and forth whole weeks at a time by flicking flicking your finger. And the, you know, the sort of thing we're playing with, rather than you know, the, with semantic zoom was traditionally in Windows Eight is traditionally for kind of navigation, where we're actually starting to use it more for data. It's something it's good fun. So this actual idea of drilling into the data by using that expanding gesture. Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah, you know, even you know, in this case, it's zooming out. So we zoom out from hours to days, and then what, we've got some um, some code in there. So when you drag an appointment onto a day, it just bounces straight back in. So you know, then you you can you drag onto Tuesday, and as you drag onto it, it zooms into the full Tuesday, and you can then place your appointment um, in fifteen minute increments. Really good, yeah, fun things like that. Heck, that's nicer than the calendar features built into the phone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I was literally doing, I was looking at an appointment the other day, looking for an appointment the other day and had to hit the button to go up to month view and then click back down into the day view. Like, you're right. It should be a gesture. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, 
I'd like to think that we'll see more um, more alignment of those things as well. So this is, you know, Windows 8 has the semantic zoom. I'd like to see that coming across to Windows Phone. It's um, going to be an interesting time, I think. You know, we, all, we were told over and over again that last year was the transition year when we were transitioning from Phone 7 to Phone 8. Um, right. I'm actually more I'm more scared of phone nine. <laughs> yeah. I'm more concerned about about what's gonna you know what's gonna happen when the alignment uh, you know the great sort of cosmic alignment of yeah, uh, when I when those phone happens. Yeah, yeah, it will be the third version, so big things should should yeah, happen. Yeah, so it's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, and nobody's talking about it really, but logically, this will happen in the fall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they sort of the gears start to grind, don't they? And I mean, we hear rumors about about blue, you know, Windows Blue, yep. and then that's going to land, I guess, mid year. And so, you know, Windows Phone is going to follow soon after that. So, yeah. This portion of the tablet show is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems. All of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash free stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash free stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting the Tablet Show. Jumping all the way back to the comment that we referenced in the show, uh, are you doing much internal development for folks, or is it all everything going to the App Store? Uh, it's at the moment it's largely App Store, um, mm-hmm. but you know we we do we are doing some internal development. We are getting you know we are getting those requests. You know we're talking to sort of local government bodies and who are saying, look, we're we're Microsoft shop. We've got Microsoft PCs. We've got Microsoft you know uh, you know sort of system management stuff. And people are clamoring for iPads, but the IT department is saying, well, why don't we go you know why don't we go Windows eight? Hmm. And what we're doing there is, is quite often doing some prototyping work or, you know, some conceptual work to say, look, if you did have Windows 8, you know, Surface tablets out in the wild or, you know, sorry, out in the field or you had, um, you know, any sort of Windows 8 tablet, what would the the application set look like for your field users? Right. That, that's That's been some interesting work, really interesting work. And, and it does, you know, I think we've still got a window of opportunity there in the enterprise to, you know, while people still feel that the the Microsoft homogenous environment is important, you know, we you know the dirty, dirty secret perhaps is it isn't, but you know if we, mm. if, we think, if they think it is, yeah. then you know we got an opportunity there to to build these apps and get the Windows eight um, tablets into the environment, and and we are getting a really good response from that. You know, that like I say, the the comparison between a line of business iPad app and a um and a line of business Windows eight app is, is night and day and the Windows eight app tends to win when we when we show people them. Well it's really funny. I never thought of iOS as a line of business platform until, you know, people started demanding it. Yeah. I, I wonder how much Apple had actually thought about that as well. I'm sure they are. I'm, you know, and it's it's always been their strategy is, is consumer first and then and then kind of, you know, crack the enterprise nut 
you know, mm. from the, you know, I guess from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's happened. You know, the, the CEO brings his, his you know, yeah. first day, day you know, zero day release iPhone into the office and everyone oozing ours over it. And then yeah. it's just gone from there. Why can't we run our stuff on this? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, uh, it is interesting. It's an interesting battle. Um, but I think, I think Windows 8 has some good opportunities there. So let's talk about your tool sets, the, the tools that you guys use. Cause, uh, and, and particularly why you chose what you did choose. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that our listeners are really interested in. We are Caliburn micro adherence. You know, it, it right. is our, um, it is our gospel. <laughs> Great. We, um, we stumbled across it, you know, years ago and it's something that we just, we just absolutely love. We've, um, we've contributed most of the code for the WinRT port of Caliburn micro. Uh-huh. So, um, a guy, Nigel Sampson, who works with us, um, has basically helped with that port. And, um, and so we, you know, we've got that as our, our core platform for dependency injection and MVVM and binding and all that sort of stuff. And it really just helps with our productivity. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. We're big fans of Rob Eisenberg. He was awesome on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's exciting to see Caliber Micro move forward beyond the world of Silverlight and, and right. keep on going. And MVVM in particular, yeah. you know that that it's right. got legs. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 it's um, it's a, a funny one though because Calibre and Micro and MVVM scares me a little bit. I mean, we we understand it, we grok it, but um, th- there's so much magic fairy dust in there that that I, I am concerned. <laughs> I do get concerned that Calibre <laughs> Micro doesn't doesn't help with with people as understanding of MVVM. But if you know it well, then man, it's it's a fantastic tool set and. Um, you know the ability to just throw stuff together and have it run um, without even having to <laughs> having to write bindings or anything is fantastic. It's all about eliminating plumbing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and this is you know in terms of um, I've said it so many times before. In terms of productivity, developer productivity, I don't think I've been any more productive than I have been with Caliber Micro on Windows Phone and now Windows RT or WinRT. It's um, mm. it's amazing how quickly you can go from nothing to basically a, a feature complete app. You know, ready for design integration. Um, you know, we can do that in a matter of weeks. It's, it's crazy, crazy easy. Yeah. The one stumbling block I think that people run across with the modern development environment, especially if they've come, you know, all the way back to the, like the VB6 guys, is the UI design that we've never replicated how clean WinForms UI design was in terms of it as a tool. What are you using right now to make your UIs for the phone and for the tablet? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. So we we are XAML through and through. You know, we know um, HTML, and we've, we've we've sort of bandied with the idea of using HTML JavaScript on Windows eight several times, especially in early in the piece when we were looking. Uh, we needed to do graphing. You know, we thought, well, we need to need to do some graphing. You know, Telerik and, and the other guys hadn't put together you know the packages yet, but we knew that there were a million JavaScript graphing libraries, and that's when we sure. were considering it. But then. But then, you know, the Teller came riding in on their white horse, their, their Excalibur sword and, and saved the day. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we, we use their, we use their tool sets, tool sets, um, you know, religiously. Um, we just find it really good. But yeah, so, so we, we do XAML, XAML work. Um, and, and I agree with you that, that, um, the flexibility in design, I think with HTML and XAML kind of leaves the traditional developer a little bit bereft. You know, where do you start? Um, yeah. So much opportunity to to get, dig yourself into a really bad UI UX hole um, with these platforms. I think Microsoft have done fairly well with their um, the templates out of the box and the, the grids and the standard styles that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I do know, um, and I, you know, that we're actually working with Microsoft to bring out some more design templates um, to say, you know, here's here's 
here's ways you can go about doing a metro design in Windows 8, which, you know, adheres to the grid. You know, there's the traditional grid layout, but isn't um, just a, a list of boxes on the screen. And I think that's kind of taking where, where people can take it to the next level is playing with the rules, you know, playing, you know, within the rules, but, but being a bit crazy. I think what we've got at the moment is, is a very tight rule set around Metro and, um, and people, uh, adhere to it, but that comes, ends up with a sameness across the apps. Mm. Right. And, and does Microsoft provide as good a templates for phone eight as they do for win eight? Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, th- th- you don't have as much, um, I guess variation. Um, so, sure. so win eight provides, uh, um, some good, um, you know, s- several different approaches, you know, sort of um, grid grid layouts, this sort of stuff. Whereas Windows Phone, it's it's really just quite simple pages. There's just not that much room to to be creative in Win Phone Eight. The screen's only so big. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think if if you're if you're thinking creatively, you can you can do some quite quite interesting things. Another tool that you guys use is Akavach or Akavachi. I don't know how you pronounce <laughs> it, but tell us about that. I think it's Akavash because it's kind of it's, it's a, um, a play on Kate on cache it's a caching um ah uh, it's a caching library and okay. uh, it's it's great we, we actually had we'd gone down a very similar path with our own custom code um and akavash is, is uh, i guess just a, a cleaner api around what we were doing what it is is an asynchronous caching library so basically you can uh request an object a model object and pass along a setter at the same time which might be say a, a query to a rest api and Akavash will say, look, if there's something by this key which hasn't expired, just return it immediately. But if not, uh, make the, make the rest call out to out to the web and populate the cache at the same time, and then return that. And because it's async, um, you can just you know await it, um, and then Akavash will deal with whether that's a you know whether that's a long running um, query out to a web UI, a web API, or whether it's an immediate return from from cache. Really useful, and and then you can. You can tell Akavash to use an in-memory cache or a, you know a, um, an isolated storage cache um, mm-hmm. or, or SQL Lite, um, and so it's it makes again if you dovetail that with Caliburn Micro, it means basically you're writing one line of code at your at your plumbing level to say just get me the stuff I need on the screen. Um, right. I don't really care how long it's going to take. Um, I'll, you know, I'll put a I'll put a progress bar on the screen, and then when you're done, let me know. Right. Very good. So I want to talk a little bit about Marker Metro before we uh, before we leave here. This is a really cool blog. I mean, this is your site and your showcase and everything, but also some great articles there. Yeah, I mean, we, we make sure to, you know, I think it's really important to contribute back to the community. So we, we contribute open source to Caliber Micro and we blog whenever we find something important. We also did a, um, a really cool talk at TechEd New Zealand um, last year, which was basically the dirty secrets, um, mm. the things that Microsoft doesn't tell you <laughs> yeah. and, and the ways to get around those. And that was really well received. It was, it was basically all of our, um, our secret source. And we kind, of, we kind of debated whether we should do it or not because right. you know, we, we do some pretty nifty stuff internally. But we, we, we use so much from the community that, that um, we like to contribute back. And that, yeah, the blog is, is part of that as well. So in in the uh, blog, there's a couple of references to a thing called Alpha Jacks. What's that? Uh, Alpha Jacks is um is a game that Keith Patton, our CEO, wrote, and it was basically the the genesis of Marker Metro because um, Microsoft uh, Studios bought the game off him, and uh, with the money from that, he was able to start the company. Wow! So uh, Alpha Jacks is um the most popular uh, you know sort of word game um, on on Windows Phone, and it's um being ported to Windows 8 as we speak. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good fun. Wow. That's cool. Now you mentioned some dirty secrets that you've learned along the way and you turned into a session. Uh, what are the ugly bits of building for win eight? 
Um, there's just some there's some loose ends and some rough edges. Um, you know, around things like um, you know, some of the some of the really sexy layouts you get for for hub views are actually really hard to achieve with with um you know group views and um and and layouts. So we've got some secrets around how how we did that. Um. What else? I mean, you know, just the, the caliburn and the caching is, is important. And it, it, mm-hmm. it's kind of the, we talked about how the templates, when you do a file new project, um, the way that the templates are implemented is, is pretty rough. Uh, you can see why they're, why they're done, but the, the default view model approach is, is quite, is quite bad, frankly. Um, so we told people how to, how to strip that out and how to use it. It's a couple of really cool little tools as well. There's a, there's a tool that a, an Aussie guy wrote called Hammer Pants. I don't know why it's called Hammer Pants, but, um, well, <laughs> Hammer Time. <laughs> Maybe the MC Hammer Pants. Yeah. Yeah. What, the, the, what it does is, um, uh, the, the default styles have about, you know, sort of 10 different shades of purple for the various different rollover and hover states and, and highlight states. What Hammer Pants does is if you throw it a color, it'll give you back all the different variations of that color you need to, to achieve the same result. So little tiny things like that. So, so, um, you tell Hammer Pants what your, um, your, your highlight color is and point it at your styles, um, your standard styles file and it will go through and replace all the colors with, with variations of your color. Really, really quick and handy for, 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 um, completely changing the, the color style of a, of a Windows 8 app. So yeah, I mean that's part of this challenge here is is the design piece because you know we're 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 developers and we're struggling with all these design elements. Do you how how designish have you become as a developer, or do you still rely completely on designers for this? We I mean we've become obsessive. Um, so so we're obsessive uh, obsessively pixel perfect. We we call it the kind of the Steve Jobs effect that huh. that within the office there's, there's there's a pride in telling people to go back and 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 do it again. You know we're kind of in all my previous roles, you get you get near enough, you know. You, you sort of be doing an enterprise app, and it looks, you know, it looks pretty close, and that's fine. It works. It passes the test. Let's ship it. Uh, the way we work is, is yeah, that's you know, none of that's good enough. You know, you need to go back and do it again, and yep. and that's right from the very first. Um, we do we all do wireframing and, and user interface sort of um, concepts at the beginning, and we'll we'll sit around a whiteboard and and debate and and you know sort of argue about the best way to make this app fit together. And then we'll, you know, they'll go to the designers. The designers will do the, you know, the, the, the lovely colors and, and logos and everything. And then after that, um, when we implement, um, it's, it's all, again, like a, it's almost a, a challenge and a game to see how, how close to the design we can get it built, um, how pixel perfect we can go. So, I mean, it sounds like you're collectively doing user interaction design and then counting on the designer for the look. Yeah, you're right. And, and that, um, we, we can't not be user interaction designers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we know Metro best. The designers are really good at the Metro look and feel. Um, but in terms of the actual, the way it fits together and the way the navigation works, it's, it's really a developer role. Um, and yeah, it's, we have no choice but to, <laughs> but to do it really. But it sounds like that's what makes your apps pop is that you really get into this, uh, UI design. Uh, do you involve the customer much in this? Yeah, absolutely. So, so everything we do is, is iterative. The other thing which has been, um, uh, you know, it's really useful is, is Microsoft's AFT and DPS. These are these, you know, these Microsoft acronyms everywhere, but it's the application right. fast track, um, where you submit your wireframes and comps, design comps and non, non working designs mm. to them and they will review them and come back with, you know, the must fix and should fix. Pretty much all of our apps have gone through that. And that's been a really good learning experience. So now when we, we start with the UX and the design, we're already thinking at that level, thinking, you know, will this pass the extra special test from Microsoft? 
Right. But, you know, at the same time, we like to add our, add our own flavor as well. Um, so just replying to your point, Richard, that I think to build apps that, you know, to build apps that pop, to build apps that will be featured, then you, you really have no choice but to, um, do the best user interaction design you can. And I, you know, the fact that I said right at the beginning, you know, we were two designers, um, and what four developers now hiring our fifth. Um, that's a really, that's a web studio, um, waiting. You know, it's not a traditional, um, Microsoft apps waiting. You right. might have a contract designer, perhaps. Uh, and I think that's, that's, you know, what makes our apps, you know, fantastic. And also, I think it's possibly what people need to be thinking about if they're designing, if they want to be designing top apps for Windows Phone, Windows 8, or building top apps, then, you know, it's not a, a once over lightly on design. Design needs to be part of the, the, um, the equation, it needs to be 20, 30, 40% of your costs when you're building an app. Now, did you say your designers are at the end of the process or in the beginning or completely integrated all the way through? Uh, yeah, completely integrated. So, so they will, they will have input into the wireframes, um, in terms of, you know, how they think, uh, you know, the layout might look. And then they are, um, in charge of the comps and the look and feel. Um, and then throughout the, you know, design, if we're finding things we, we can't, um, if we can't find we can't get their design implemented perfectly because of limitations, you know, on layout, um, then we will, we'll engage them again to, you know, to come and sit with us and say, how can we, how can we make this work within the limitations of the code? Mm. Cause we do have sometimes the designers go, go a long way down the, you know, they, they push the boat right out and we think, well, oh, this is great. Let's try and do it. But we get to the point where we just can't get those things to run. And tell me again about fast track. So is this actually a program that Microsoft runs? Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't think it's confidential, but um, <laughs> the um, yeah, the AFT process, application fast track. I think it, it, what it's designed to do is um, it's for people who are building apps that are likely to be feature apps. Um, and so it, rather than at the very end um, them having a look at it and saying no, there's a whole lot of stuff missing or broken, what they would they do is at the very beginning they'll take the wireframes and any any designs and then have commentary on those to so saying hey have you have you thought about this or you know you don't have a privacy policy or um, you know you've missed this this particular um, aspect or these these buttons are in the wrong order mm. you know the cancel and okay but in a particular order so they'll pick all that up and then there's there's two more steps you know you'll put, you'll submit them a working prototype and then and then the final app as well and really it's it's making sure that the app will a pass the marketplace approval test. But also making sure that it um, that it adheres to all the the metro design principles and the um, you know the, the sort of security principles that sort of stuff as well. And do they actually you know push you to be more creative in your design or give you new design ideas, not just worry about certification? Um, to an extent, um, it, it really is. It is mainly around certification and ensuring that um, that the metro principles are adhered to. Um, but yeah, in some cases they will offer advice and say, you know, this would be better, you know, this would be better suited as a, a modal overlay as opposed to a whole new screen, vice versa. So yeah, it's good feedback. It's great feedback. Yeah. And do you feel like it actually, I mean, I can't imagine it actually influences the process of putting it in. They're not going to say, oh, he's been fast track, so we'll move quickly on this, but rather you've got it right. So it's going to pass. Yeah. And I, and I think it's implemented um, through, you know, again, through feedback that we're, where you're working on an app that um, perhaps has an important launch date, um, right. you, you again don't want to you want to make sure that you don't um, you don't get to that launch date and then have it fail marketplace because of something simple or or you know or be rejected because of design problems. Well, I got to think you'd want to have it in the store weeks before the actual launch date. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, you know we are. We are slaves to to contracts, <laughs> contract negotiations, yeah. and um, and and you know these, these project particulars that always that always come up. So yes, 
So what's the number one complaint or the number one thing on your wish list? Something that you wish would be different or better? Oh, and Windows 8 land? Yeah. So the number one thing on my wish list uh, is XAML performance on WinRT. Uh, really? Huh. So XAML, yeah, XAML performance on on um, sorry Windows RT on ARM. It, it is it is a dog. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> everything everything works okay, but um, on a surface, we find load times, scrolling, uh, UI virtualization perform really really poorly at the moment. Huh. So we'd like to, we're just we're fingers crossed for blue that things will will come right there. Now, I mean, you're talking about RT, and the only RT device I know about is the Surface RT. So you're saying the Surface RT XAML performance isn't fast enough? Yeah. So sorry, WinRT is the whole thing, right? So, so Surface RT Windows on ARM XAML performance is yeah. um, is not great at all. And, and that's an interesting problem. Um, the other question, of course, goes back to RT adoption in general. Is it that what your customers are looking at? Is they want RT devices? Uh, they seem to be, it's interesting that we thought this was going to be a confusing factor, but, um, they just seem to, you know, say they want Windows 8 devices. And I think the fact that there's more, many, many more Intel, um, Windows 8 devices, mm-hmm. so Windows 8 Pro than Windows RT devices, then it seems to be that's just the default. You know, they'll get Ultrabooks or, or, um, you know, ta- you know, Windows RT, um, sorry, <laughs> Windows 8 Pro tablets. Um, you know, we, we, the Surface RT has only just been launched in New Zealand right now. So, um, you know, this is months after the public launch. All right. I think, yeah, the wish comes from the, the realization that we, you know, we, we got excited about the Surface RTs and we turned them on and installed all our apps and every one of our apps that was written in XAML and running perfectly on, on Windows 8 Pro was just slow to load and slow to scroll. And it was just a kind of a bit of a, a bit of a shock to the system. Hey, Ben, one other thing. How different is the, st- Getting into the store for Win 8 versus Win Phone 8. Cause I mean, they're, they're different stores and I near as I can tell they're totally different teams. Like, is there, is there a difference that you see actually trying to get your app in? Um, not a huge amount. We, 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 it's, it's, it's a, it's a Microsoft V1 thing again where, where the Windows 8, um, Windows Phone 8 store seems to have gotten to a really good cadence. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, you know, it's quite quick and, and the responses are quite, um, We've got a good team and the, and the responses are quite clear. Windows 8 store, it can be good and it can be bad. And I think that's, you know, this is exactly what Windows Phone 8 was at the beginning as well. So, um, I mean, we're looking forward to that being integrated and getting, you know, if we can get the, the two stores together as we, as, you know, the, the whole platform moves on. Um, but yeah, it, it is a bit of a, it is, can be a bit rough at times, but it, it's, um, yeah, most of our stuff is pretty good. It's frustrating to me that Microsoft seems to be reinventing the wheel one building away. Mm. The yeah. window, Windows oh, yeah. 8 team has to relearn the lessons that the Windows Phone team learned two years ago. Yeah. I, I don't know how much, how, much of the, how much of this is inside baseball, but, but um, you, know, you hear rumors about the Windows team and, and their sort of um, imperialism, and it just, it just scares me as this, this sort of starts to roll over Windows Phone. Yeah, well, and you think the two should be together, so hopefully the smart bits win. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, so what's next for you? What What's on your to do list? Um, expansion. You know, so so I'm traveling up to the states, LA and San Francisco next week, and um, we're we're meeting clients up there. We've got lots of clients there already, and and so our you know market metro is just onwards and upwards. Um, we want to um land more clients in the USA and uh, just keep on building Windows apps. We love it. Awesome. Well, it's a great website, and I wish you guys the best of luck. And I think the takeaway thing here is, hey, differentiate yourself. Be Windows only. The work's out there. 
yeah absolutely just go all in as steve barmer would say yeah all right we'll see you next time on the tablet show (laughs) 